Blog Talk Radio. Talk radio show. I'm your host, Mr. G.L. Hart, and I thank you all for tuning in. We have a wonderful show scheduled for you tonight. Uh, one that um, uh, we have titled Why ha- uh, How the Black Family and the Black Community uh, is Dying uh, at, a rapid, at a Rapid Pace. And I'm, and I'm paraphrasing. That is, that is the uh, subject tonight. Uh, it's how the black family and black community is rapidly uh, dying off, and what a mighty shame that is. We've seen in, in the uh, past uh, a decade or so uh, how the black family has really has, has evolved. And in, in some instances, there there have been some good. Uh, as far as we have, we have more. More and more women who are being educated and, and are earning their PhDs and are gaining much success uh, in the uh, corporate world. Uh, we have seen the uh, success of uh, young men uh, graduating uh, from high school uh, at a much better pace, as well as uh, graduating from college as well. So we we have seen some upside uh, dealing with uh, with the uh, plight of uh, the black uh, the black family as a whole. If you want to call in, you can call in at area code nine one seven eight eight nine eight two nine one. That is the area code number nine one seven eight eight nine eight two nine one. If you want to call in. Uh, on this uh, topic tonight, and uh, this topic has really been—I've um, been meditating on it for quite some time now. Uh, just watching the news and what is going around, uh, families, my, my family as well, including, and and I'm looking at uh, the lack of of leadership and the lack of uh, men uh, being the head. Um, of the family, and even even if that that is not the uh, biological father, uh, it could be an uncle, could be a cousin, you know, it could be a neighbor, could be a coach or a teacher. So when we talk about family, we're not just talking about blood related. We came from a mighty God and, and a God who created all men and all women, and He made us all uh, in out of oneness. Every ethnicity that you see walking around here, I don't care if it's Asian, Indian, you know, uh, Hispanic, whatever you want to call yourself, uh, 
uh, you were made out of oneness. Uh, therefore, you are all in the same family, uh, whether you like it or not. So I'm going to take this quick commercial break, and then we're going to come back and really uh, dive into the subject um, after a brief messages. And, and I'm going to I'm going to play a few videos, inserts from from uh, Dr. Amos Wilson, uh, among some others, uh, uh, talking about the family, talking about the Black Church, and the evolution of of how we we really lost our place. And how we're losing, continuously losing our place uh, in society as a whole. So I'm going to take this uh, quick break, and and we'll be back in uh, in just a moment. PD and Cape Beauty Supply, serving the North Metro Atlanta Georgia area, features professional. Hair care, skin care, and beauty supply products for all occasions. Located on the corner of Alpharetta Highway and Holcomb Bridge Road, TDNK provides hair care services for braiding, sewing, corn roll, and much, much more. Call today and make an appointment or stop by and see us. One people, one community. Hair care and more hair. TDNK Beauty Supply, designed with you in mind. Family owned and operated. God, Thank you. Right, we're back. And um, again, the subject tonight uh, that we're talking about uh, is dealing with um, black community as a whole and how uh, it is, uh, it has uh, been failing as well as the black community. Because real quick, people, uh, so goes the black family, goes the community. Uh, they, they, they go hand in hand. You can't have one uh, without the other. Uh, so this is this is so vital uh, that we understand that and overstand that that, that um, you can't have one uh, without the other. Let, let, let's make that perfect. Perfect. Well, here it is, 2017, and um, we have all these wonderful people uh, that have been around uh, forever. Dr. Claude Anderson. Uh, the late uh, ancestor, Dr. Amos Wilson, also uh, late, the late uh, Dr. Francis Cross Welsing, Dr. Uh, Claude, uh, Dr. Um, I'm sorry, Dr. Henry Clark, uh, Dr. Ben, uh, and, and Dr. Ivan Ben Serba, uh, and so on and so forth. You know, um, thank God we still have our, our brother uh, Tony Browder that's around, and, and, and a few others uh, that we still have here that are on the, that have been on the battlefield really trying to educate and uplift people uh, of people of color, of black people in particular, to really uh, begin to move people, begin to move. You look at social media and all you see is the killings and over and over people killing black people, cutting off their heads, hanging them, police shooting in the car with, with, with a four-year-old girl in the back seat, may God rest, uh, uh, Lando Castile, and all the other brothers, Eric Gardner, may God, you know, bless him, and and, and the other brother out of um, out of out of um, Sterling, like um, Alton Sterling, out of Louisiana, and, and, and so many Tamir Rice, so many more. 
to even to, to even mention that. I mean, it, it, it is a weekly event now that we're seeing uh, people are dying, and, and one of the main reasons is because uh, I heard Dr. Wesley Muhammad say something very powerful, and he said you're going to continue to see this uh, this, this surge of, 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 of killing and and uh, degrading and degrading of, of people because until they begin to, 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 to have some voice about themselves. Like uh, Dr. Wesley Muhammad was saying, black folks are saying black lives matter, but you know, to white folks, but black lives matter don't even matter to black folks. <laughs> you know, you you know, like you say, you're beating a dead horse. You're trying to you trying to convince white folks to, to believe your life matter when 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 if you look at the, the statistics all around, black folks kill black folks more than anybody. It's so amazing that. Here we are. We have black babies, uh, young girls, uh, all over this nation. Not just in the USA. And statistics says that over sixty percent of young girls will be raped or assaulted by the age of eighteen. You're talking a multi-million million amounts of girls worldwide will be assaulted or raped by the age of eighteen. And who, you might say, going to do all this assault? The black man. Not the white man. The black man. You look around in so many communities, they're lacking black men in those communities. And I know we had an issue with, with, with the AIDS epidemic and then the crack epidemic and the gangs and guns and drugs uh, through the 80s and, and, and up till now. But the devil is a liar. You, you, you can't blame all of that on on um, poverty. Hey, we've always been poor. You think I'm lying? 50 years after slavery, how do you hear you think we had Black Wall Street? Because why? We had family. We had unity. And we only dealt with each other. 90% of the time, we had to do each other as far as commerce, commerce and all those things. We created businesses for ourselves, hospitals, airport, bus stations, train stations, hardware store, on and on. 50 years after slavery, with no education, by the way, and the majority that couldn't even read, we were able to do great things because at that time, we believed, believed people, get this part, believed in a mighty God. And no longer is that the case now. Church has become so watered down, so commercialized. One of my friends from, from uh, Bulgaria told me that black churches are like country clubs. Oh, no, like nightclubs. People just dance. They do more dancing and singing than hearing the word. You know, I ain't lying. Families begin to separate shortly after the 70s because of the welfare system, of course. Some black men, yeah, they, they got on drugs. Some, some of them went, went, went to the crime world. 
but many just advanced themselves and got the hell out of, got the hell out, out of the hood. Let's be frank. Can't blame they can't blame these mothers. Can't blame can't blame. I mean, you can't put all the blame on the mother or, or, or on the father. Where the hell was the black men in general? The black man in that neighborhood. Because every every neighborhood got a stand up guy or guys plural. Where the hell are they at? Each year they died off. They got more bougie, more, more, more educated, more sophisticated, and no longer did people want to deal with somebody else's child. So they were too busy. So amazing. We are all accountable for God's children. Every last one of them. I don't care if you ain't got no kids. You encounter a young, a young mind, it is your responsibility to empower that young mind, to encourage that young mind. To take the time to be with that young man, and we fail. We simply fail. So fast forward now, young folks can care less about elders, because so many of them got the hell on. And now they're trying to tell them something they ain't trying to hear. Where you, where, where you were when I was three, when I was seven, when I was twelve? And then now, now I'm twenty-eight or twenty-one. You know, I got you know I've had all these years to, to to create my own mindset. I ain't trying to hear what you're trying to say, even even if you got money. And there's been such a division amongst the elders and our young, but only black folk. Yeah, every 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 group has the issues with children uh, being uh, unruly and what have you, but everybody keeps their traditions except black folk. We always, but well, that was then. This is now. Are you on your damn mind? Nothing has changed. Before slavery, absolutely nothing has changed. Hispanics, they still have they still have have their, have their their traditions. The Jews, definitely. Asians, definitely. There's no system. Indians, definitely. Greeks, Italian, you name it. You may wild out, but when, when it comes to your elders. You're going to shut the hell up and listen because they've, they've always been there, accessible to the young. So amazing, man. So amazing. I'm going to play this quick insert, man. I, I was going to hold off on it, but I'm going to play this thing by Dr. Amos Wilson. Um, I'm going to take this break, and then I'm going to come back and play this wonderful insert by Dr. Amos Wilson, and he's talking about how you know, black folks today. That was the end, isn't it? You know, that's this a new day, and how how they're thinking um, like an idiot, especially the, the the bourgeoisies, thinking that that was then, this is now. But at the same time, you're looking at how the benefits of slavery is still is still. It still it still helps out uh, the, the Donald Trumps and all the all these rich white folks around the world still today. Because why? Yeah, they didn't kill nobody, but they are the, the recipients of the stolen goods. And just like a, a, a creditor, that other person may die, that credit will go to somebody else. You mess around and die and own a home. Either you pick up the tab, or, they, or, or they're gonna pull that home. So I'm going to take this break, and then the next voice you'll be hearing is our dear brother, Dr. Amos Wilson, uh, talking and explaining 
uh, how those uh, how those uh, slave labor and the wealth of slavery is benefiting the Donald Trump and the uh, Bill Gates of the day. Be back in just a moment. Health benefits of turmeric prevents cancer. Turmeric can help. All right, I'm having some technical difficulties dealing with this uh, this commercial. Actually, this laptop computer board is acting up, but um, but but ne- ne- nevertheless, um, this this um, this wonderful. Um, Insert that Dr. Amos Wilson uh, did, and, my, and, and uh, Dr. Amos, we lost him back in, in back in 1994. Uh, our Dr. Amos Wilson, but uh, it, 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 and I, I'd urge you to go online and really look at uh, some of the works that, that uh, Dr. Amos Wilson has done dealing uh, with um, with um, the pilot of the black man and so forth, and uh, you'll be really intrigued, man. I mean, the brother is always on point uh, when, when talking about the plight of us and, and how things uh, have been affecting uh, uh, the black man and the black woman as well uh, over these past few years, you know, and, and what a what shame that is, man, truly, truly a shame. Here's Dr. Amos Wilson. If you have a good mind, you can turn another joker out of his land. You can turn him out of his diamond and his gold. And this is what the other people have done. They have used their mind and their cleverness and taken from us what they did not have originally. And therefore, consciousness is not an abstract concept. It is not a theoretical concept. It is a concept that is directly related to the reality that one lives in and to the reality that one experiences. It is directly related to the type of life that one will live and does live. So I'm going to look at this for a minute, particularly the consciousness of Africans in America. I'm often somewhat abused and taken aback. By the number of people in the society who claim that slavery occurred somewhere back there. That and you got some so-called black conservatives who claim that slavery no longer influences the nature of African people. I wonder what those people have to conserve in the first place. 
Are they conservative power? Are they conservative wealth? What does a black conservative conserve? You know, they have to conserve something. And since they have very little, if anything, they must only be conserving the system that has created their poverty to begin with. And you see them ultimately justifying the poverty of the African people and justifying the political and social and economic subordination of African people in the name of some kind of higher principles. So slavery is not supposed to be, spiritual slavery is not supposed to be operating in the mentality of black folk. And you hear a lot of our youngsters will say that as well. How do you talk about slavery? That's a fact there. Or you know, white starts with that. Well, you know, that's like that. We don't have anything to do with that anymore. And this is an amazing situation because you have to remind them that you're still living off the interest of the wealth that your forefathers earned from slavery. You're still enjoying the accumulated wealth that began with the enslavement of our people. And if you're, you're going to enjoy the wealth that was generated by evil, then you must take the curse that comes along with it. And therefore, even though you personally had nothing to do with it, but because you have received stolen goods, you must pay the price as well. And because you fight and struggle to protect those stolen goods, and you defend them, and you organize your society and your relationship to white people to maintain them and to continue to enhance them, then you must pay the price. That's why you live in terror. All right, again, guys, that was our dear brother, Dr. Amos Wilson, um, talking about Um, called the white people living terror and he was talking about uh, all the um, things that they've accumulated uh, due to, due, due to uh, through slavery and um, so forth a lot, of, a lot of folks always say that slavery you know was back then and not understanding that you know one of the main reasons why they have so many resources and and uh, and have an own so much land is because it was land they never earned. They they simply took it. Even even with with uh, Black Wall Street, um, the um, what they what they did was after um, if anybody black because the first people they were they were hanging um, were people who owned businesses. That was that 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 was serving the community. So those were the first person that they they um, um would, would would make up a lie and create some some kind of issue um, to to really uh, take away uh, their their earnings and so forth. You understand this stuff, man? You you gotta understand how diabolical uh, this whole this whole thing is. And again, at you know as uh, the black family, uh, we we have suffered. We have suffered 
suffered from a lack of unity and a lack of oneness amongst ourselves. And we only have our, and we only have our, ourselves to blame uh, when, it, when it comes to this topic. Can't blame anybody else but ourselves. Again, what about the shame that is? And here we are, again, 2017, and everybody is talking about Jay-Z dropping a new damn album. No doggone sense, because hell, he got two twins. He he, he needs money. Hell, yeah, he dropped the album now. He, need, he needs money for, to, to feed them babies. Makes sense to me. I don't know about you, but it makes a whole lot of sense to me. And while all the while that's going on, uh, this past Fourth uh, of July weekend, we had what uh, I think a hundred and some people shot, nearly a hundred people shot in Chicago, and um, fourteen dead over two a uh, two day week damn weekend because it, it, it came out on Monday. So amazing. Tuesday was the Fourth of July. Truly amazing. Truly amazing, people. That that we, we allow this foolishness to con- to continue to fester in our community, amongst our amongst our people and amongst ourselves, man. It's crazy. I'm gonna play this insert, man. Now uh, by our brother, our Dr. Umar Johnson. Powerful thing. He he's talking about a lot of things. He, he's talking about really. He's going back, if you will, and he's talking about. Uh, the plight of the black family and how things evolved from the 70s after Dr. King's death on up until today and how we got in the sticks in the first place. Because again, so many of our young people, they don't know the history. They should they should be the twerking and, and, and snapping fingers and, and, and listen to all kind of uh, future and all kind of foolishness that they're, they're not in tune with their own damn future. Part no, no part in pink. This is real people. This is real, and, and I want to bring it to you tonight, man. So, so you, really, you can, hopefully, you can wake the hell up and be, and and begin to understand uh, what is happening to us as people, and 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 begin to really uh, begin to walk out and walk into your destiny. Again, here's our dear brother, Dr. Umar Johnson. Uh, he was on the Breakfast Club, uh, I think, last Friday. Last Thursday was on the Breakfast Club talking about the plight of, of our people as a whole. Committed to a black woman. That's the greatest symbol of pride in self. I agree with you, but I do think people you know, fall in love with who they fall in love with. But but love is a function of priorities and values. Yes, and you better never get caught with a white woman. <laughs> <laughs> you, can't even, you can't even glance at a white woman. Now, now since we're on the topic of family, there's a rumor that has to be dispelled. I've seen people going around saying that slavery destroyed the black family. Nothing could be further from the truth. Slavery didn't destroy the black family. Do you know that we were still getting married through slavery, jumping the broom in secret, even under punishment of death? We were married during Reconstruction. We were married during civil rights. When do you begin to see the rise of the single-parented black female household? 1970. After they killed Dr. King, the United States government said we must neutralize the black power base. And it determined that the black power base was the black family. It was independent black 
skilled men and women who finance King, finance Mr. Garvey, finance Mr. Muhammad, finance SNCC and CORE, the Freedom Riders in the City Movement. So they said, if we want to crush the black struggle, we got to crush the black family. So guess what they did in 1970? King dies in 68. In 1970, they came into the black communities and de-industrialized our city centers. In 1970, they started shutting down the factories. Remember, up until the 50s and 60s, you didn't need a college degree to get a decent job. Many of us got grandparents who worked in factories their whole life and lived better lives than we're living now with two or three degrees. They could work in their same neighborhood, and everybody worked for the factory. Good retirement, started shutting down the factories at night. And then they went into the high school and did what? Started deindustrializing the inner city high schools. Up until 1970, you could graduate from almost any school in New York certified as a plumber, certified as an electrician, certified as a carpenter, auto body, brick mason, a welder. They took all those programs out. These are the skills that pays the bills, gentlemen. As long as you have a skill, you can always feed your family. But if all you got is college degrees, you might end up in the unemployment line. Why? Because the, the skills that we learn in college are not necessarily marketable to other black people. I'm a psychologist. Ain't too many black people running around looking for a psychologist to reveal all the skeletons in their closet. Yeah, you so, rather talk to a white Exactly. Guy. So they started sending us to college instead of teaching us how to work with our hands. That was the 70s. That was the economic castration of the black male. Now let's go to 1980. The CIA comes in, cocaine import agency. They drop off crack. So now the unemployed black man, who has always been a breadwinner, even in slavery, we were always the breadwinner up until 1970. Now the crack comes. you got a decision. I can sell this crack and try to put some food on the table, or I can smoke it to deal with the fact that I'm no longer economically relevant to the black woman. Exactly. And let's be clear. The decade of the 70s was the decade of making the black man economically irrelevant to the black woman. We're the only man in America who is out-earned and out-educated by our mates. No other woman in America out-earns and out-educates their mates. And this is not the black woman's problem. I want to be clear. This was systematically done to make us irrelevant to our families. Then the 1990s come, Bill Clinton, Bill Clinton crime bill, three strikes and you out, mandatory minimum wages, the Bill Clinton crime bill. Now all those unemployed black men who got caught smoking crack or selling crack now being sent off to jail. And then they also give us the ADHD so that we could dope the kids up with, with the same medicine that sent the father to jail. Then the year 2000 comes, George Bush hits us with the what? Faith-based initiative. He finds a loophole in federal law that allows you to finance churches. So now the mega churches and the medium-sized churches in the black community, Charlemagne, are being financed by the government. You think it's a coincidence, Andy, that you don't see no major churches involved in the miseducation movement? No major churches involved in the mass incarceration movement? Black no Lives major Matter. churches involved in police genocide? Yeah. No major churches involved in poverty? Where is the black church in 2017 when it comes to black people issues? They're missing in action because they're being paid by the government to stay out of the struggle. And that's why it's called faith-based initiative. Your pastor is the new FBI agent. Wow. Okay, dear brother, doctor. My Johnson, really breaking it down to you as far as how the division and the separation of black families continues to deteriorate. That's why I said so 
so goes the black family, so goes the black community. Now it is it is dying off. It is dying off, people. This is crazy. Crazy. I'm gonna take this quick commercial break. And when I come back, I wanna play something from my dear brother, Dr. Claude Anderson. Yeah, I, I want to leave with this, something that this wonderful sister talked about um, dealing with the black family. So uh, I'm going to take this break and I'm going to try to come back. Some signs help benefit from Donoric, prevent cancer. Donoric can help prevent prostate. cancer, stop the growth of existing prostate cancer and even destroy cancer cells. Multiple researchers have found that the active components in turmeric makes it one of the best protectors against radiation-induced tumors. It also has a preventive effect against tumors. Relieves arthritis. The anti-inflammatory properties in turmeric are great for treating both osteoarthritis and rheumatoid arthritis. In addition, turmeric's antioxidant property destroys free radicals in the body that damage body cells. It has been found that those suffering from rheumatoid arthritis who consume turmeric on a regular basis experience much relief from the moderate to mild joint pains as well as joint inflammation. Controls diabetes. Turmeric can be used in the treatment of diabetes by helping to moderate insulin levels. It also improves glucose control and increases the effect of medications used to treat diabetes. Another significant benefit is turmeric's effectiveness in helping reduce insulin resistance, which may prevent the onset of type 2 diabetes. However, when combined with strong medication, turmeric can cause hyperglycemia, low blood sugar. It is best to consult a healthcare professional before taking turmeric capsules. Immunity booster. Turmeric contains a substance known as lipopolysaccharide, which helps stimulate the body's immune system. Its antibacterial, antiviral, and antifungal agents also help strengthen the immune system. A strong immune system lessens the chance of suffering from colds, flu, and coughs. If you do get a cold, a cough, or the flu, you can feel better sooner by mixing one teaspoon of turmeric powder in a glass of warm milk and drinking it once daily. Heal wound. Turmeric is a natural antiseptic and antibacterial agent and can be used as an effective disinfectant. If you have a cut or burn, you can sprinkle turmeric powder on the affected area to speed up the healing process. Turmeric also helps repair damaged skin and may be used to treat psoriasis and other inflammatory skin conditions. Thanks for watching this video. Please like, share, and subscribe. All right, we're back. And um, as I was saying, I want to end this thing uh, in a moment with, with uh, dear brother Dr. Claude Anderson uh, uh, talking about a few things. Uh, dealing with integration, integration also is one of the things that really messed us up because, again, like I said before, uh, in integration and all those things, um, we um, as a people, you know, we did 
businesses uh, only without sales. And then shortly after, after um, you know, the 60s and the civil rights, that's when, you know, the, the movement came about and everybody um, um, became a really a focal in and wanting to integrate uh, with other people and so forth. And really, truth be told, that was really our demise. And um, so I'm going to let Dr. Amos, uh, uh, I'm sorry, Dr. Claude Anderson, really break that thing down to you, man, about this whole immigration thing and how we thought, I don't know why we thought, but we thought that was the greatest thing since sliced bread and, and unbeknownst to us, it was what really destroyed us as a people. Dr. Claude Anderson. I, to be perfectly honest, even though I got enough degrees in, in human behavior and dynamics and sociology, I don't even really understand that thrust. Because the integration itself is countermanding any possibility of you ever acquiring power and wealth. You cannot empower yourself at the same time you integrate. Integration, Paul, means disintegration. It means reducing yourself to a micro spec. Because the inner society where the majority will win and rule and a minority will lose and suffer, why would anybody want to integrate? Integration has, is making black folks a guest. Integration means I will make you a guest. I will make you a guest in something that's owned and controlled by other people. I'll make you a guest in white suburbs, in white schools, in white businesses, in white organizations, in a white government. See, you can, black folk can never acquire wealth and power as long as they're integrating. And what's going to happen, though, with this whole concept of integration, it's going to hold blacks in obeyance until these other groups, competing groups come in and wipe them out and push them into a subclass structure. And you mentioned the buffing, for instance. See, that's, not, see that, that's one of the dumbest things I've ever seen happen. See, my family, as an example, was a part of the family that owned the only black bus line that you've ever had in America, the only black chartered bus line you've ever had in America, and that was in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. That was a safe bus company. We didn't have just one bus, three buses, five buses, or ten buses. We had over 500 buses, and our buses didn't just service the black neighborhoods. They serviced the black neighborhoods and the white neighborhoods, period. We, we put the white bus company out of business there. I mean, that was a Duke Power Company. Duke Power Company, named just like Duke University and Duke Electric Company. We put them out of business because we ran a very competitive bus line. Now, our bus line was vertically integrated for black folk, which gave us a power base, a wealth base, an employment base. We hired our own people. We bought our own buses, repaired our own buses, operated our own buses, had our own drivers, our own mechanics, and we serviced both neighborhoods. But what put us out of business was not our, not our inability for us to compete, it was, a, it was a fact that blacks decided to integrate down in Montgomery. And when, when Martin Luther King and Rosa Parks integrated the buses there, rather than going in and buying the bus line from the whites and taking it over and operating it under black control, they decided that, that it was much better in the context of integration, which was social. Let's just socialize with whites. If whites are sitting on the front of the bus, we sit on the back, let's move up front with them and let's integrate with them. Let's intermix and make it a social issue. And so black folks then moved from the back of the bus to the front of the bus. Like, who really cares? There is a growing number. Well, let, let me finish this point now. So here's what happened now. Because when that movement moved up to North Carolina uh-huh. and came to North Carolina, the blacks in North Carolina said, we also want to sit on the front of the bus. And in North Carolina, we said, but we don't have any white buses you can sit on the front of the white bus. They said, well, why don't you all get some white buses so we can sit on the front of them? So our bus company went out of business. So then they brought in white buses. Now whites run the bus line. And the same thing happened to our black cab companies and our black movie theaters, and our black restaurants, and everything black went out of existence because black folks see integration as being a social issue and, being, and, and, and somehow they feel that if they get closer to the white society, they're elevating their status, and they're not. They're disintegrating. What uh, a piece by our dear, dear brother, Dr. Claude Anderson, man, and uh, really goes to show us how, how we hoodwinked ourselves. 
by always thinking uh, the other man ice is colder, so to speak. And um, what am I saying to this man that that that, that we we um, that we ended up falling for this okie doke, and um, here we are, here we are again, empowered and doing great things, as he said, bus lines, hospitals, you name it, we had it, we owned it, and we ruled and we reigned. And lo and, and, lo and behold. Um, we end up giving all that up uh, to sit to sit next to Mass. So amazing, and and and, and 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 it's so not of God. I know people don't want to hear that, but that's the truth. That that that's ungodly, because God wished for all mankind was to be the ruler of themselves, but honoring Him. And here we are, saying, "No, we got to honor Him." And we'll catch you on Sunday. In other words, you know, we 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 um we made our own bed, and now we got to lie in it. And that's the mighty truth. This is my time is up, man. I just wanted to come out and really talk about this thing and the dangers of it. Um, we're gonna, we're putting some things together uh, with our new um, project. It's called Community Community One. Healing and Restoration, and it's a wonderful project that's going to be coming out uh, in 2017. We're going to be doing some meet and greets around the metro Atlanta area, um, actually coming up uh, in this fall, and um, just to get an introduction of what we're doing and what we're about. But I'm tell you something. Black folks, you got to begin to galvanize, man. And, and, but you got to heal first, because black folks don't trust one another. But you've been trained not to. There's so much healing we have to do before we can even begin to do business, and and, and that's what the uh, Community One Healing and Restoration is all about. It's about understanding ourselves and who we are, and remembering just like just like every other ethnic group keeps their traditions. We got to get ours back. <laughs> we gave it away because we win it. Again, my time is up, guys. I thank you all for tuning in. I hope you were inspired by this show and you can share it with someone. And you, you can like our page on the Holy Spirit Radio Show as well as the uh, Family Matters Show. And as we always say in parting, parting, to love yourselves is to know yourselves, and to know yourselves comes by spending time with God. Love you guys. Peace. God bless. And I'm going to leave, leave you with this one uh, wonderful um, piece by the sister talking about black family. And by fabulous, I don't mean materially. Um, we were, I guess, what you would classify as middle class, but the abundance of love and their love for one another. And it was more than just a romantic love. What I really had instilled in me was respect. My father had a profound level of respect for my mother, and my mother had a profound respect for my father. In addition to that blessing, I was surrounded by an entire community of the same type of family structure, where you had the black male authority at the head of the house. You had the black woman as the anchor and the teacher and the nurturer. And I saw what it produced, not only in my sisters and I, but just about everyone that I grew up with is healthy, 
confident, successful, and very conscious of their blackness. 